Hey there, Kevin Colby here, and welcome to the Pro Creative Video Podcast. <laughs> and I joke because Pro Creative sounds a lot like Procreate, and I want to make it clear we ain't talking about making babies, we're talking about making videos, specifically helping you go from zero to pro, like a beginner to a pro with video. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do on this podcast from time to time is bring in guests and things like that. So today I thought it would be really good to share with you um, uh, audio from a recent live stream I did with a couple of friends of mine, and there are um, they're creators that I really love and respect. Shelly Saves the Day and Desiree Martinez from All in One Social Media, and we had a conversation about shorts, YouTube shorts, but we also talked about, uh, we also talked about uh, ver vertical video. And this is one of the things that you really need to know more about. And we dive into like, you know, thumbnails and how important it is and how to get started. So there, there will be some descriptions down in the link of the show notes or anything like that about how to con get in touch with them how to follow them, but uh, I'm really excited to uh, to play for you the uh, the interview I did with Shelly and Desiree all about shorts and vertical video. <laughs> so I, I want to take us back to um, shorts were introduced rough, uh, I think a little over a year now, um, and it, I remember it went beta, and these were a couple of things that YouTube had said, like the goal was to build tools to empower easy creation and audience growth. Uh, I did think it was interesting that both creators and viewers want clear separation between shorts and long form. And then they talked about other things they were doing. Um, so here's my question for both of you all. Do you, do you still still feel that that that, you know, there is this clear distinction for viewers between shorts and long form? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, I got to stop asking yes, no questions. <laughs> yes. Let me go back uh, to my notes. I, I think, Please elaborate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that yes, but I also think that like they can support each other really well. Uh, I, so I've always been an advocate like a video only needs to be as long as it needs to be, especially as someone who's in like the how-to space and the resource space. Like I've been kind of liking about shorts is that I can make searchable short form videos that are simple tutorials on how to do something. So like, like how to, how to disconnect your Instagram from your Facebook. Like that's a thing that's really searched a lot that I have a tutorial on. I did one yesterday. It's like how to apply for the Facebook creator program, uh, bonus program. Like they don't need to be long. So if I'm able mm -hmm. to use the videos to accomplish that, but I still make them search based. So they still show up. So like, like I put thumbnails on my shorts because of the search component of it. Um, because if someone's searching for it on YouTube and it doesn't have a thumbnail, it's less likely to get clicked or sorry, on, Go on YouTube mm -hmm. or Google. There it is. Google. Yeah. Searching on Google for it. And then it shows up in the video section. If you don't have a thumbnail, they don't tend to get clicked on. Um, so like, I, that's how I find success with it, but they support each other, I think really well. So let me ask a question about that too. And, 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 you know, Desiree, you brought it up, but, but Shelly Wayan as well. And I'll try and rephrase it as not a yes, no, dang it. I broke my number one. Don't ever ask a yes, no question. How are you doing today? Great. Um, so thumbnails. So, I mean, it, I just noticed like a week or so ago that YouTube 
changed the layout of YouTube's uh, or of, YouTube, of shorts on our channels mm -hmm. that now they really stand out. And even when you play them on desktop, how they play differently now. Somebody said they play like TikTok. I, I, I'm still jury's out for me on TikTok. But um, so are, are you still create thumbnails for yours, even though that they really don't use those. But you mentioned sh search and stuff like that. So are thumbnails a thing or not for shorts? Uh, no. Yes. I think it just depends on how you're using them. I think I know that like Jeremy Vest, who's like a thumbnail, like pro and he does like, he was working with Braille and all that stuff. He says, no thumbnails, it's a waste. It doesn't matter. But again, because of how I'm using it for search, I, I use them. I need them there for repurposing for blogs and social and yeah. showing up on Google and stuff like that. So it's just different. Shelly, you were a quick no, though. Why, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. If you're trying to maintain a channel aesthetic and you've got playlists and um, stuff like that, absolutely thumbnail it up. In fact, I've done that on some of them. But um, I sat in YouTube has these community roundtables with mm -hmm. shorts creators, which I'm part of. And this question comes up a lot. Like, should I spend time on these thumbnails? And they're like, no because it surfaces so few places. And I think they knew all the different ways that it would um, show, especially in some of these desktop changes. And, and like you've seen, they're like so few people will surface it because it's only going to be seen if they come to a lot of the time, the desktop mode anyway, which isn't even always the case anymore. So it's now it's your channel view page and your playlist things across the board. They're like, we wouldn't advise that you spend too much time on it anyway. So no. So I was like, okay, if you're going to tell me that, then I'm going to be like, nope. But for Desiree, I can see why she would do it because it's a different circumstance. My channel is always the outlier because like the majority of things that people try to do with like getting found in the homepage and discovery and all that stuff. I, I like, you know, on the back of your analytics on YouTube where you have like the two lines, the purple and the blue lines for your mm -hmm. reach. And like the advice is you want them as close together as possible mine have gigantic gaps because I'm a resource channel. I'm like people come to me because like I'm solving specific problems for them. Like how to start a Facebook page. Like they're there for that and they don't tend to come back for other stuff or they might get service different things. But if it's like, if they yeah. came for Facebook, but then they're service something about like LinkedIn or Instagram, they probably aren't going to click on it. So that's where mine is different. And so that's why, how I've been using my thumbnails is different. I thought it was interesting, too, that you mentioned shorter content in terms of just kind of getting to something. So here's a question. If if and, and I think that's true. I mean, I was looking up something yesterday. I forgot what it was. I forgot, you know, one of the many things I don't know in life. But but I was even showing my wife. I thought, OK, so think about this. Whatever it was I was trying to figure out, it was something about Google Sheets. Right. There was like a 14 minute video to tell me how to do like how to lock in the tabs or something like that. And then it was like a three minute and a two minute and a five minute. And I thought, wonder which one I'm going to watch. I mean, like, dude, really, if you take, if it takes you 20 minutes to tell me how to do one small thing, but short form and shorts are, they're kind of different though, too, at the same time. Right. I mean, would you recommend only doing short form if you can, if you can just, answer a question, but then also do it as a short? I mean, how, how do those play together? I might even offer a counter. If you had started that search on Google and they had surfaced it with a chapter in the middle of a video that's 14 minutes with a one minute chapter, you probably would have clicked on that too. That's a good point. So they can all correspond and, and, and be together. 
but I think you could actually do both. You could have a 14 minute video. So I had actually a live stream about shorts and then I actually made 20 shorts about shorts from questions that came up during that live stream. So I did both. I did the long stream and then I broke out 20 questions about shorts and made each one of the questions a short. Oh, wow. And that's, wow. that's the answer. That's, and I think that there's no one answer. I think a lot of it is like what works for your channel and what doesn't. Like there's a question everyone keeps asking. Do I post shorts on my long form YouTube channel? And it's kind of like to each their own. Like I know Jessica Stansberry just started a shorts channel, like specifically for answering specific questions because she does so much with like Instagram and, and answering specific questions, all like what Shelly does. But Shelly, am I wrong? You, you don't have a separate shorts channel, right? You just post them to your normal channel. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it, I, I really, I think comes out like, what does your audience want and what's working mm -hmm. or not working? And you have to test it on your page. Well, Shelly, let me ask you about that. Why haven't you rolled out a separate channel for your shorts? It would make sense because I have like 12 channels, but um, for me, <laughs> like, I Shelly haven't found... saves the shorts. There you go. <laughs> I haven't found the need to, honestly, right now because um, I am also a resource tutorial type based channel. And so a lot of the time people come specifically for one type of thing. Mm -hmm. I figure in the future, they will end up separating more of the metrics out. And I don't feel like I need to bifurcate my audience in some way because I can always mm -hmm. go into the back end and just hit don't notify my subscribers of this video and still put out as many as I want and still hit the three notification within 24 hours if I put out other videos. So I just, yeah. I haven't found a need for it, but I know some people do, but it also depends on the content on your channel. If you're only making one hour documentaries, maybe it doesn't make as much sense because your audience isn't used to that. Right. But um, for me, I, I haven't found a reason to separate them. So for you, it makes sense for them to coexist, at least yeah. for now. Uh, the other thing that YouTube had said uh, about a year ago was monetization. The goal was create a monetization program that works for short form videos. And we know that that there's a sh in fact, there's there's this whole thing now. If you've seen the Hank Green video, if anybody out there is watching, they haven't. I'll try and put a link to that below. But, you know, Hank Green, huge creator uh, what, what vlog brothers, is that what he, his brand was, I think. And, and he just kind of laid it out there about how TikTok, you know, you're not really going to make a lot on TikTok, whereas YouTube you can. So what do you guys think about the, the YouTube fund and, and especially with, with shorts and things like that? Have you guys made money from shorts? Michael, I make money off of, um, the search, like the pre-roll and stuff. So okay. like if people have searched for something and they watch my videos, I make ads off that, but I don't, I haven't gotten anything from the shorts fund. Have you Shelly? I won't ask no. you how much, but no, no, not from the shorts fund. Um, because it's very mysterious wizard of Oz man behind the curtain about <laughs> how they choose the creators about which videos they include. And it's an interesting concept because it is expanded to more people than are included in the YPP program. But there's so many weird rules, restrictions, plus unknowns that you can't even count on it. So I, I was in one of these roundtables and someone is like, isn't it amazing that we make this money? And I think people in the chat were like, what? I've never gotten a bonus, you know? So it's like it's it's yeah. few and far between like and they don't tell you who or how much it just is just one day you get a message like you have a bonus. And um, yeah, it's interesting. Again, so, that's why I have a search strategy. <laughs> like I, I was, I was, I wanted to pull some of my things just to show. Like I made, 
you know, I know it's like only 50 cents off of one, but I've, I've mm. had other ones where I've made like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever, just because of how much it was searched for because of what it was. So, I know and it also depends if you use music from the shorts library, none of those make money. So, um, you know, you have to have like a talking head type one or something where it isn't using their shorts library music for you to even be able to monetize it, period. I've said that. I talked about this last week on uh, the VidIQ live stream with Emily D. Baker, where we were talking about, I had made the same, like, look, YouTube won't be able to compete with TikTok if they can't, if tell their users can use copyrighted audio. Like, you can't. Well, like, they can't. You, but but to make money from it, like well, you can if you're in the creator fund, because those people are still getting uh, bonuses. Yeah, but it's a bonus thing versus a monetization thing. Again, like mm. you said, it's this like elusive man behind the curtain who decides. But TikTok is pretty straightforward. Like you make it, you get a certain amount of views, you get a part of the money. It's just kind of like one of those trade offs that they have. Same with Facebook and Instagram. Like Facebook and Instagram is like you make money from copyrighted stuff as well. And it's with it within that program. So it's like until there can be like less restrictions around it, because we have so few restrictions when it comes yeah. to the copyrighted materials on the other platforms, it's gonna make it hard for people to come over and I think bridge those gaps. You know, it's funny, I, I found out the hard way. I I I did a little audit of my short see the other day. See, I just I, I smile. I <laughs> I have to. Um and I actually, it surprised me that I had more views than I thought I had. But I had uploaded a one just kind of being silly. And it was the only time I chose the music from the library and immediately got that, hey, thanks for uploading, but you can't monetize this. And I'm like, dang it. So, so now if I include music on mine, I just use, I use uh, Soundstripe for my library and I just, I just put music on there. I haven't done anything on reels and the other ones trying to tap into the trends so but that's how i've played it that way um so let's jump ahead now till to this is this is coming from their from youtube state of the creator that they've hit five trillion i, I don't even know how many zeros that is five trillion views on shorts um, and that I thought this was interesting. The number of channels around the world that are making more than $10,000 a year up to 40% over that. But, uh, you know, the question for either one of you, are you surprised that shorts have, have, that it's become the big thing it has and taken off that much on YouTube? Absolutely not. Nope. It's and why is that? how people expect to get their content now. People want to be entertained hmm. at this point. Well, I think the massive juggernaut that is TikTok, which is not only breathing down their necks, but has surpassed them in actual average watch time and minutes watch a lot of the time. Um, it, they needed a, a big piece of that pie. And with India shutting it down completely uh, for so many of their users, and I'm sure other countries, you know, are looking at it as well. A lot of the time that happens. Um, if you think about that, YouTube is not going to give up that much time and that much um percentage of anything when it comes to um, any so that they jumped on real quick and they launched yeah. it and it was pretty janky and it was pretty awful but i think they're making a lot of steps and improving it and if you think about the fact that youtube is comprising 37 percent of all mobile traffic period in the world and the majority of the time people are on their phones they hold it in a vertical orientation as well as like the fact that like there's just so much about um, like 70 percent of watch time on youtube is from a mobile device it absolutely is a no-brainer that they yeah. have to embrace vertical. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, by the way, this uh, I want to pop this up here. Wes was uh, thanking you guys for being on. Links to the channels. Yes, Wes and anybody else watching this, there are links to both Shelly's channel and Desiree in the description if you are not watching their stuff. Shame on you, literally. But yeah, check them out after that. Um, so he also had this question. Why do his shorts get so few views? Of course, I'm... But listen, in general, I think I've heard this before that people they've tried it. They don't want to do it because they just don't feel like the shorts get a lot of views. Is that a fair accusation? Is YouTube just not like them? What, what's the deal with that? YouTube likes them. Let's make no mistake about that. Maybe your shorts suck. I'm kidding. <laughs> or maybe kidding. it's just they're not the, the audience isn't interested in it. Or maybe it's time seasonality. Or maybe it hasn't hit that peak yet. A lot of the time they take three, four weeks, um, you know, or days to to get into the into the carousel and get I'm kidding, by the way. Don't be offended out there. That's it just comes <laughs> out naturally. Joke. I can't control it's there's sad. no filter. It was it's a joke. Yes. Um, you know, but it's it's kind of like asking, well, why didn't my YouTube video get watched? It could be a ton of things. It could yeah. be no one's looking for it. It could be it wasn't surfaced. It could be that your um, subscribers don't care about it or don't want to see it. It could be wildly variant from what you normally put out in content. It, it, it's it's hard to know without knowing more. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember that, like, you have to kind of make keep them going. Like, they want to have more, so keep putting more out there, and then it'll yeah. help with time. A lot of the people in the roundtable were talking about how it's really about quantity um, and quality. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain parts of that formula for um, shorts when it was like, what's intriguing in the first about three seconds? Because that's all you get when they're already swiping in a carousel before they're probably on to the next one. And if it has like an autoplay type of function and it's not intriguing, it's not like, the best thing at Amazon that you need under $10 or whatever it is, um, and there's no reason or impact for them to stay, then a lot of people will click off. So shorts and the way that they're scripted, the way that they run work a lot differently. And you can't use it like a normal YouTube video. A lot of the time you can't do something and then try and push people to a regular video. Like it's just different. Yeah. First stream, and it, you honestly could apply a lot of the same principles that um, you find with TikTok and reels and you can just apply them to your shorts as well you know first three seconds matter um you know getting people to stop creating a mm -hmm. loop you know and posting a lot like the TikTok strategy for growth is three a day yeah they were talking so, so wow. that was the whole point they were saying somewhere from three to seven a day is what some of these people who had millions they had grown their audiences from millions and some of them are coming from TikTok and um yeah, they're posting a lot. I think what's important to note with shorts with YouTube is like repurpose it. Hmm. Like if you're going to, I tell people create for YouTube first and then repurpose it to other places. Don't create for TikTok first or Instagram hmm. first because the payout and the community and everything else that you get with YouTube is so much better than what you have on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, but if you repurpose it, then you can still tap into that. Like even like Hank Green talked about and other creators have gone on and, and like shared screen grabs. Like this is what I make from TikTok. This is what I make from Facebook. This is what I make from YouTube. And YouTube's always the best. It's always the most. So it's kind of like, like that tells you where you should invest it, but repurpose it to capitalize and continue to build those communities and get that revenue stream in addition to it. I put them everywhere. Like I, if I shoot a vertical video, it's usually outside of any app. Mm. Um, and I, 
I put it on every single platform that will take vertical video. So yes, Pinterest. Pinterest now does. I I get like two hundred thousand views a month from Pinterest, and I just put up my vertical videos there. Yeah, um, somebody was telling me about Pinterest. Uh, I think it was last week, and they they said, "Do you have a Pinterest uh, account?" I'm like, "Heck yeah, I got like twelve followers. I'm killing it." And I'm, it's a joke. I think it was more like eleven, but they were like, "Dude, I mean." Video on Pinterest is like this sleeping, the secret. It it's all this sleeping giant. Um, so and there's not a lot of people doing it right now. So I feel like to, you can yeah, get a lot of like views on some stuff. And I know that some, like Pinterest is going to be a huge part, I think, of some of the strategy because of the ability, you know, you can link the products in, you know, out to an affiliate site. I remember having a conversation with, I think it was six, six, uh, six sister stuff. And they were saying that like a huge part of their money um, every month comes from Pinterest. So I want to ask you something you brought up. Um, like I had uh, Professor Nez on last year and we, we were talking about shorts and stuff like that. And he brought up that he believed at the time. I And and I don't know if he feels this way now. Um, he, he was I, I actually asked him to be on, but he couldn't be on that. You should be using basically the YouTube app on your mobile to create shorts. He felt like at that time that they showed a little bit more love, whether they do or not, I don't know. But, but Shelly, you mentioned something. And I wanted to talk about that too, about how should you be, if you're going to create them, how should you be creating them? Should you be creating them in the YouTube app and then the TikTok app and then Instagram, or should you create them natively, meaning natively to your, you know, your camera or your, your phone and then upload from there? What do you think is the best practice? Both of you. I would say it depends on if you want to use music or not. Mm. The only way you can use music currently is if you then upload the clip from your phone. But I usually almost always have already created the clip elsewhere. Then it, bring it into my phone and then apply a sound from the music library. I've only, I think, maybe once created an actual short using the internal app. Yeah, I create mine. I record mine with my phone vertically. I just find it, I find editing in the platforms harder and it takes longer. And and, and I don't know if it's just me or other people, but I, I have things I want to do specifically or right. I can edit out like, you know, to make it shorter. Because again, I'm doing like tutorials and I have a lot I'm trying to explain and I need to keep under the 59 seconds and and so I find I use Kapwing as my editor, um, spell the way it sounds, uh, because I find that it's easy to it's, it's designed for social video. And so I'm able to upload my clips and my photos and whatever. They have like a sound library and I can just and then it, it downloads compressed and stuff. So it, it, it works better. And so I just really I find that it's easy to have more control. I edited my first video in TikTok yesterday. And I was like, man, is this tedious? I was <laughs> well, I think it depends on how many times you want to do like transitions. Well, or I was things. doing, I was doing the, 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 these are my ladies. Like these are my ladies. Oh, like, I oh, would, yeah. like 10, 10 ladies names. Cause it's from, it's, it's a clip yeah. from surfs up the kids show. And I was talking about, these are the ways I make money as a content creator. And so I had like 10 different ways. And so I had like, I recorded all the clips in TikTok, and then I had to go in and add the text the text was just so yeah. that like, is tedious and, and it time, was so yeah. tedious and time consuming and i was like what wow. i would do is probably i would download a video that has a sound in it do all of my clips outside of make sure that the audio matched up with the things and then just re-import into tiktok and add the sound again 
That's how yeah. I do it. And I, yeah. And so like, if I wanted to repurpose it to use the clip rather than having like my own original to like tap into the trend, but it was just, man, I, I like for the pro TikTokers out there, it's a whole journey. And it I, is. I commend you on, on being there for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that much patience. I mean, you know, a couple other things you can do too, because it sounds like kind of the consensus is, you know, maybe don't create it in the app for that platform, but create it in your phone or your camera or something like that. Well, especially and then do something with it. Especially because like now people are like, what is it? Like um, devaluing brands from other places. Yeah. So like if you have the TikTok, Instagram and Facebook are like, we don't want that and all that kind of stuff. So I, I just, there's so many rules and games while the platforms are yeah. playing. And if you want to be on all of them, which retire, requires a time commitment sort of balance, honestly, I would pick one and stick with it. If you're going to pick one, pick YouTube short. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a whole like process. And so if you just create it externally, it's so much easier because you can just go upload everywhere and it's done. Well, and you know, it's, it's, I don't know who, who's watching, I don't know what you guys edit on, but you know, Final Cut has really made it easy mm -hmm. now just to take any video and like in it with a click, turn it yeah. into vertical video. So, you know, it's easy to go back and, and take videos you've done and pull out. I mean, if, if we could do something like, even though I'm the way I've, I'm have you guys on screen, it'd be a little hard, but you can easily do that. And you can even record straight into Canva. So, you know, Canva's got all the templates. I mean, you, you could do different things if you didn't want to fool with your phone. Of course, I'm like, you know, if you're going to use, if you're going to use your iPhone anyway, I mean, why not just shoot it here? You could always edit it somewhere later. And that way you've got it native. Uh, Cause I agree mm -hmm. with you, Desiree. I mean, I, you know, I, well, I think, I don't know if they've said it this clearly, but I mean, I think there's been reports out there that, you know, people that are taking their TikToks and uploading them to reels, they're not getting shared that much because they've got the TikTok logo on there. And why would Instagram want to just continue to promote what their biggest competitor is for that? So no, they've come out and said they deprioritize ones with visible watermarks from other sources. Yeah. Yeah. And plus not only that, if you bring one with copyrighted music from one to another oh, yeah. where it was previously yeah. okay, unless you find that exact same music clip and overlay that one and mute the original, um, you will get a copyright claim up to possibly a copyright strike on a different platform. I, I did that. I had a copyright claim, which I was fine with. I knew would happen. It was for the, um, we don't talk about Bruno. I was like, <laughs> trend alert. I did a trend alert and it was very highly watched because it was on, on the rise of the trend. And I was like, I knew I would get it. So I didn't turn on the monetization. Like I knew that wasn't yeah. going to happen. Um, so it was just kind of one of those things. It's like, I was willing to take it. Not, I didn't get the strike. It was just like, this is okay. copyrighted. You're not making money off of it. And I was like, okay. Um, but it was just talking about it with it, like in the background. So that's one reason I will do outside of app. But if I already know the sound is available across different platforms, um, I just do it knowing that the sound I'm going to put in from the different places mm. then can be added. So let me ask you a question for somebody who is just now starting on YouTube. You know, they're, they've either just, just launched their channel or they're getting ready to. How much should they be leaning into YouTube shorts? A lot, actually, because it's the preferred. It's the new shiny for YouTube. I would say it depends. It depends on what they want to do. It depends on, are you a search-based channel? Are you like, what is the intention behind? Because one of the nice things about shorts is the 
better chance or likelihood of possibly being able to be seen by more people. You can see that if it hits that carousel or something like that and you get more exposures, then you might get some subscribers. But if it's um, if it's not about the subscribers and you have some specific purpose, like you want to be making documentaries or something like that, it may not behoove you to go and lean into that to start with. But if I was a new brand or business, one of the nice things about shorts is the low entry barrier point. Um, so if you are either coming from a different platform and you're just repurposing all of your stuff and bringing it over, or if you're a brand or business just starting and you want to start with frequently asked questions about your business and your service or something like that, I would do each question as a short and then mm. put them up there to get out information. And then if one really like takes off, dig into it for a long form video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen people do that. Um, I, I saw an interview with Colin and Samar and who, who, I mean, I just love their stuff anyway, but they were talking about how they'll actually use that sometimes because they can turn one out quicker to either get information out faster, meaning shorts or test an idea to see if there's enough interest for it that then they'll go, okay, now let's spend some more time doing a longer form of this. And I think that's just, it's, it's a brilliant strategy that you don't have to put a lot of time into to see what people are going to react to. Um, so, so here's, here's another thing though. Are shorts for every channel? N meaning are there some types of content, some types of content creators or channels that should just not be, doing shorts at all yes like for example people who don't want to do it people who don't believe in it people you, you know the ones the naysayers like oh never then don't do it no one's forcing you to do it no. so no one forces okay. you to do anything with the youtube channel like and some things do or don't work you don't have to turn on memberships you don't have to turn on you don't have to use your community tab you don't have to add tags to your videos you see a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, they don't know how to turn their phone. We've spent 30 years trying to teach people how to turn that. And we're not going back the other way. That is not a good candidate for shorts. <laughs> that is a good candidate for hiring like Desiree's company to like strip out um, the middle part of a video and then throw it up and repurpose it as part of a social media strategy. But they're obviously not the person who's going to be creating shorts. But that's fine if they want to limit their audience and, you know, curtail their reach. That's that's their that's on them. <laughs> So really more for it's, it's <laughs> the folks that are just so negative against Absolutely. vertical. They don't want to If put you the hate it and you can't it. outsource it, it's yeah. not for you. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest, like unless you're a full-time creator, like outsourcing is probably the best way for you to tap into everything you want or quote should be doing. So yeah. So the, the bottom line is, unless you're in, in, in the vertical hater club, and there are those people out there. There I mean, are. Look, you know they're staunchly in that camp. I, I won't say I was a vertical hater, but, I you know, it it's taken me a while to get used to the ver – I mean, I would even – I would even you know, my wife is like one of those where she'll grab the phone and she'll shoot vertical, you know, of our son or something like that. And I'm like, hey, occasionally can you – can you like turn it that way? And she, it's just not intuitive to her because you know, when she's watching, she's watching usually yep. like this, she's scrolling like this. 82% of the time when people are, they're still holding their phone like that. Like, and the overwhelming majority of the time people have their phone in, in a vertical orientation and they're not going to change that. So you might as well fill up the screen so that they have less things to scroll away from you and get distracted by. I have this thing right on my phone and I'll put YouTube videos on, on my desk and just have it here. And I'll, 
the little, I'll watch the little frame yep. because people want to also multitask and what they're doing is they're reading the description box. Sometimes they're mostly reading the comment section. They're browsing for their next video. They're never just doing one thing most of the time, or sometimes you have picture in picture and they're doing mm -hmm. other things in other apps. So you might as well just get used to the fact that like people are already in a, in a vertical orientation. So you're trying uh, to it, reduce distraction. It's yeah. not going anywhere. It is like the the world has decided that they want this. It's the most TikTok is the most visited website in the world, and it's one hundred percent vertical videos, and it's not going anywhere. So we just have to suck it up, Buttercups, and like play the game. And if, if we want, yeah, something specific from our platforms, from social media, or if we're social media to really do well for you now, you have to be doing vertical video. It doesn't have to be reels. They want you to be vertical sharing because they want you to fill up the screen. They want vertical ads. Like it's a whole thing. Instagram too. It's all vertical on your phone. It's shorts, vertical. Like you have to create in these ways in order to have success on the channels to use them to accomplish your goal. And most of us have a goal attached to a business of some sort, whether you're in the business of creating or you're in the business of service or product or whatever, or consultation or whatever it may be. If you want to have success online, you have to play the online game, not what you want to do yeah, otherwise like, stop bitching about what you want it to be because it's not that it just it is what it is so. when i when i was <laughs> I, I my last job my last job was in 2013 and i was a social media producer for my local cbs network and they were like we want to i was the first one they'd ever hired for something like this is something they'd never done before and i worked the creative department the sales team I'm like, okay how can we do this? And besides focusing on things that didn't matter, like we want to have as many likes on our Facebook page as Fox does and all that other crap. When I would present them with innovative ideas, like at the time, Google plus was a huge thing. Oh yeah. And it was, it was just like on a crazy growth trajectory. People trying to figure it out. And I was like, they had a sponsor. It was um, quest internet. They had like rebranded and something and they wanted to, to, to have a partner. So I'm just like, well, why don't we do a show? with Google plus that this company sponsors and it could be with a local guy and we could talk about like things that are good, but don't make the cut for news. And it could be this like little 10, 15 minute segment. And they were like, no, we're not doing that. No one's going to watch things on the internet. We're not, <laughs> you know, like that's not how we make our money. We can't monetize outside of like the sponsorship. Cause like the websites where we make money and we have ads and the, and I was like, but this is like literally sponsored by a company that's going to do this. And it literally got rejected. I ultimately got fired from that job because I tweeted too soon about the Boston bomber being caught oh, and they wow. did not want that. I was too not with them, but ended up being this like, for, for lack of a better way, it's like this old white guy boardroom mentality that they're like, right. all they care about is the numbers and how we can monetize the crap out of it. And now if I was to present them with that same sort of option with like a YouTube channel or something like that, they would have eaten it up oh, because yeah. this is what, that's what works now. And so like you can't be, you know, the, the, the old white guy in the boardroom wanting to just keep doing what's working. You have to stay innovative and you have to stay caught up and this is where it's going. And we just need to find if, if we want to have success in these spaces and use these spaces for our intended bottom lines, we have to play the game. Well, speaking of bottom lines, I would I would behoove any like corporate up to actually look at the numbers because if you threw a thousand dollars at a video that was cut horizontally and also the same video just cut vertically, they've already done studies on this where it shows like Snapchat where they have vertical integration ads are nine times higher clicks than vertical or than 
the horizontal. And then they did the same study on Facebook where they gave like $1,000 to two different ad campaigns, same video, just cut differently in orientation. And the vertical one, it has like 39% more shares. It has like 58% more reach. It has the cost per click is like one and a half times lower. And then wow. there were more reactions by like almost 30%. The cost per 1000 was just so much higher on vertical videos. So it's funny because there's like, if you are a bottom line type of numbers person, you're like, why would you spend the same amount of money to reach less people and be less effective? That's not very smart. There was a study that talked about, like you talk about completion of video consumption. Vertical videos, especially short form vertical videos, are over 90% consumed versus horizontal videos are lucky to see like a 40% watch rate. So it's sort of like the data says create in vertical short form content. Like do it. It's funny because it. everyone else is like old man yells at, you know, clouds. And it's like, dude, you're reacting to the way that things you want them to be instead yeah. of, you know, looking at the way things are. And I'm like, hey, if you want to spend, you know, one and a half times more money and get the same result for than spending less, then I would worry about as your shareholder, why? <laughs> because that's not a very smart business decision. And, you know, and I personally think it's tough to be on every platform because everybody is. But I think it's easier to be producing a type of content like vertical that people are wanting to consume more of. Wouldn't you agree? I was with you for a part of that. It's easier to distribute across multiple platforms when you already have a vertical video, period. And it doesn't have to be same time release. It can be doled out across an entire yeah. week, across every single platform that accepts it. But you're going to have a lot harder time. And not only with the conversions and the cost and everything like that, if you already have it as like a horizontal and you're trying to make it fit into like spaces and places that want vertical. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, wrapping this up, here's my question for both of you all. If somebody is like, okay, fine, I'm convinced. I haven't been doing shorts. I haven't been doing vertical video. I need to. Shelly, we'll start with you. How do they start? What would you recommend them do either as a first video or how to do it? Um, if you're already making video, maybe even go into some of your performing videos and either rip out some of the middle of it and throw it up as a short, as, as repurposed. If there's a specific, especially if you're a live streamer and you're doing a lot of um, like question and answer type stuff, or pick something if you're a brand or business that is your most frequently asked question, you have a top 10 list on your website already. Start with those. Desiree. I also think that when you're reading something like about you, I know I said, when you read or see something and you have a reaction to it, immediately in that moment, record your thoughts about it. Like, hey, I just read this. This is what I feel about it, whether I agree or disagree. And I think that that's a really great way for you to kind of create something impulsively, but raw and um, re reactive and emotional that that's what really works really well within a social space. So for example, I have a video I post up on my, my YouTube shorts that was like, uh, how to make $35,000 a month from Facebook. Like, well, that's about the bonus program and you have to apply for it and, and you have to you know do all this stuff. And so I talked about that in a short and like why they need to do it and how they do it. It's very easy and simple and to the point. I reacted to it because it's something that was highly mm. searched. I was doing my vidIQ keyword searches and it was like one of the top, like I have one of the highest scores I had seen on my thing in forever. So I was like, all right, I guess I need to do this. And I just recorded it, put it up and it went up and it's my top performing video right now. Sweet. <laughs> Again, I want to thank my, my special guests and friends, Shelly Saves the Day, Make sure you look her up and follow her. And also Desiree Martinez from All in One Social Media. I'd love to hear what you think about vertical 
video, whether you're doing it, what you're using it for. And as always, since I use Anchor to record this podcast, you can leave me a voice message. And who knows, if it's a question or something like that, I may use it in a future episode. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it, leaving a review, and even a, even some ideas on some future things that will help you go from beginner to pro with video. I'm Kevin Colby. Have a great day today.